welcome to another edition of Let's Talk with Smitty. We've got an awesome show today. I'm very excited. A longtime dear friend, uh, our attorney general and aspiring next governor, who I think is going to be winning this thing. We're the runaway, but uh, a wonderful advocate for all of us in Massachusetts. But our attorney general, Maury Healy. Thank you very much, General, for joining us. Oh, my God, Smitty. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. So you having fun yet? Oh, I am having fun. Um, having fun, you know, uh, I love my job as attorney general. I, I also love this run and campaigning and getting out around the state and, and talking to people, listening to people. These are challenging times, though. Um, a lot of people are hurting out there and, and um, you know, I'm focused a lot, a lot on that. But I'm having a good time in spite, in spite the heat. The heat's been quite something. Yeah. <laughs> But to tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, you were born in New Hampshire, you're, I think, the oldest of five children, but how did you get to Massachusetts, and was there something that went on in your life that said, I want to run for public office? Well, so a little bit about me. My parents are actually from Newburyport, Massachusetts, up on the okay. North Shore, but I grew up in a town just over the border, um, a little town called Hampton Falls, and you know, some of you may relate to this. At the time, there were probably about 1,800 people in the town. Um, I'm the oldest of five, and it was a town that had a lot of apple orchards and dairy farms, and, um, you know, it was a wonderful place to, to, to grow up. We all grew up working in the orchard, um, doing those sorts of things, running through the woods. I grew up on a, a farmhouse, a farm that had about 40 acres at the time, and a big barn, and we had animals, and a chicken coop, and vegetable stand, and, and all that. Um, when I was about 10, my parents ended up splitting up and my mom did two things. She sold her wedding ring and used the money to pave half a basketball court out behind our old farmhouse and sent us out there to play. And some may know that I'm a big basketball player. I played in college and then I played professionally for a few years. That's probably where my love of the game <laughs> took off. And the other thing she did is she went back to work. She was a nurse and she used to take care of people early in the morning She'd get home and then she'd get us off to school and then she would go to work as a school nurse. And my mom is actually still substitute school nursing to this day. But I think from her, I learned a lot about self, about hard work, community caretaking. I was, I was just back home over the weekend and in our town, it's the tricentennial anniversary. So um, my mom was, was big involved in, in that. Um, How did I get to Massachusetts though, is I, I got here for college, uh, went to Harvard and um and then went to Northeastern for law school and, and have and have never left. And did I ever think I'd run for office? No, um, I, <laughs> but these things happen, right? Um, you're, you know, you, you find yourself, I had a great career in private practice um, and then left to join the attorney general's office years ago. Now, 15 years ago, I served as civil rights chief and did a bunch of other things in that office. And, you know, Smitty, I was just inspired to run because I saw the, the you know, when you're in office, you have an opportunity to really try to deliver for people. And I knew that I could make that office, the people's law firm, the people's lawyer, and be out there. And we've worked, you know, over the years on a lot of things, including getting after utility companies or, you know, those who are taking advantage of, of workers, protecting consumers. I and mean, you've done so much across so many spaces, but that's really what led me to run for attorney general. And now, you know, running for governor, why am I doing this? Because we need leadership, right? The challenges in our state are real. You deal with them every day, especially the, the costs, the high cost of living, housing, transportation, 
We've got a climate crisis. We need to continue to fight for and stand for, you know, protecting certain freedoms here that, that we hold dear as well. As we look across the country and some of the divisiveness and the and the ugliness, we got to be better and stronger here in Massachusetts. So I'm running because I want to be a governor who brings people together, who finds ways to, to really harness our tremendous resources here in the state, and who's going to create opportunity for people across the state, especially in Berkshire County, where, you know, I know for far too long, Berkshire County has not felt the love. <laughs> the eastern part of the state, is that a fair way to put it or a nice way to put it? Um, and I, I think you're quoting me. Change that. <laughs> I heard that. So, but it, it, no, it, it was interesting. Uh, you grew up in Hampton Falls. It sounded like Bedford Falls from oh, A yeah. Wonderful Life. <laughs> I know. Well, it was a wonderful life. I was back there, as I said, this weekend. My my dad, my stepdad, he was a president of our local teachers union and a high school history teacher and coach. Um, my coach, actually, soccer and basketball in high school. That's how my parents met. You know, he um, is a selectman, and I know you can relate to this. And so he was it was putting on the, 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 the tricentennial celebration. And, you know, it just it, uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful place to grow up. And, and I learned uh, a lot about um, about community and about, you know, so much of the New England experience and the Massachusetts experience, right? And the Berkshire County experience. Um, people, you know, looking out for your neighbor, looking out for one another. Um, and um, I reflect a lot on that because things seem to be simpler at a different time in our lives, right? Than they are right now. Sticking on basketball for, for just another second. Now, I know you're dear friends with the, the legendary Hall of Famer, Bob Cousy, but when you heard about Bill Russell, when we talk about leadership and, you know, some of the trials and tribulations he had in his personal life, never mind the, the basketball life as a, as a black man on the Boston Celtics. But, you know, where were you when you heard the news and how did you feel about that being so close to Bob Cousy, one of his teammates? Yeah, I was uh, I was driving in the car when I, I got a text uh, from a friend and I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I was I was just talking the other day. Uh, about Bill Russell um, with a guy who's who's just made a documentary about him, actually. Sadly, it won't be out until the spring. Um, but I thought about Bill Russell and, you know, it, it's a lot bigger than basketball, Smitty, right? I mean, what he did, what he what he contributed to to our, our country and, you know, the his his ability and his he stood for racial justice, the way he stood up to and was unapologetic and, and not afraid to do things that were, you know, really, really um, a lot to go through for someone like him. Um, and I just, I was, I was saddened by that as a basketball player too. I, I think about how he really changed the game. I mean, the game used to be played on the ground and, you know, he introduced uh, shot blocking and really, really transformed the game. And I thought, you know, my first thought was actually of Bob Cousy because he's seen all of his teammates go one by one. I think it's just him, Satch Sanders, you know, everybody else has sadly passed away. And, you know, um, it's something that I talk a lot about with with Coos, um, who's become a friend. And I wore, as a little kid, I, I wore 14 because I, he was a Boston Celtic, he was a point guard. I was a point guard um, and I wanted to wear the number of the greatest point guard of all time. So I wore koozies um, and that's how we became friends. But yeah, it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge loss, Bill Russell. Right. Mm. Uh, 
So, so you're yeah. running for governor, which I'll, I'll, I'll refer to you as the point guard for the Commonwealth. You know, I like that. You're gonna you're gonna lead the way on so many of the issues that we have to deal with. As you've been crisscrossing the state and talking to different people, any common themes or you know, on day one, other than hopefully celebrating, um, on day one, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges we're going to have? They're going to have a statewide impact. You know, no matter where I go in the state, housing costs out of control. People can't afford rent. They can't afford their mortgage. A lot of places people can't afford to downsize even because what are you going to be able to then afford to, to buy? Each region is different. You know, I know in Berkshire County, I mean, the average median price is now $372,000. Um, rents have gone way up. We know what's happened too through COVID with more people coming in and you know, from New York and elsewhere, buying up properties, driving up, um, driving up this this crisis really. And and you know, I also think about I was in Pittsfield and North Adams a, a few weeks ago, and you know, there the housing stock is older. So how do you do a few things? We've got to produce more housing units around the state, and that may mean actually building new construction. It also may mean rehabbing and getting, you know, dilapidated older buildings back into to use. Uh, we've got to provide support for renters right now and, and support those funds that are there to support renters and, and, the, and the voucher system. Um, we've got to uh, enforce a 40B in, in the zoning laws too um, that, are, that are there that provide for more affordable housing. We've got to support the transit-oriented housing. So, you know, housing is a big concern for me because we've got to support um, more housing, expand pathways to, to home ownership. That's also a way to create wealth and um, and do it region by region because each region, as you know, is a little bit different in terms of the needs. The other thing is transportation. We are not going to have a functioning economy if we don't have a functioning public transit system. I'm a huge fan of West East Rail. I thank you for your, your advocacy there on that. Excited about that. Excited about Northern Tier. Excited about, you know, we could, we need to better fund our regional transit authorities. Um, we need to be funding and supporting transit in a variety of modalities around this state. I um, had a chance even to pop by the, the, the Berkshire Flyer Station the other day. Um, that, was, that was great in Pittsfield. So housing, transportation, and we need to support um, workforce development. It is, uh, it is the case that we've got a lot of jobs that are available, but I don't think we've done a good enough job of training workers for the jobs that are available today and that can become available in the state. Um, and, and these are some of the core things that I'm focused on. Affordability. Massachusetts, you know, it's the greatest state in the country. We've got so much going for it. That isn't a state that has the human capital, intellectual capital, innovation, businesses, research, know-how, academe, uh, culture, uh, history, but not enough people are sharing in that prosperity. And that's what we've got to change. I, I, I look forward to working with you on, on these issues as well, because you know, I think we're, we're in lockstep on some of those key issues. When it comes to housing, I, I really am a big advocate of home ownership, uh, homeowner affordability, home affordability, housing affordability, um, affordable buying. I think the only way you're really going to break that cycle of poverty, the generational link to poverty, is to build some equity, help people build equity. And I really believe out here in the Berkshires, uh, if you're if you can afford a two thousand or twenty five hundred dollar per month rent, you could actually afford a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage. So giving people that ability to help with the down payment, I think would really get a lot of miles. Some people 
always want to rent, and I understand that. But to break that cycle, giving them some ownership, I think is critically important. Um, I'm working on a project in my district. Um, it's an old paper mill um, in the downtown of Lee. It's uh, going to be some housing, just the things that you're talking about. But the process, I'm in year nine of this project, and we hope that we can break ground next spring because housing tax credits, historical tax credits, sometimes dealing with the national park system because of a historical significance of a building, which really is not the, that attractive architecturally, but because it's old, it triggers these things. I hope there's a way to kind of expedite that process, which is very slow. 10 years to get this project off the ground, we've lost an entire generation of people who would live, work in our downtown. So I think I would love to work with you on those things that DACD can do a much better job and quicker to get these things expedited. I, I would love that. I would love that because we got to go. You know, the times are too urgent. We've got to be doing this stuff yesterday, certainly now. And so, yeah. you know, what are the things we need to cut through in order to to make that happen? Um, I agree with you. And every day, you know, the, every day it gets worse and worse, right? People are people are really struggling out there. And, and um, I know we can do it. And I sure hope I have an opportunity to to work with you and and get that done. Yeah, and I, and I think we ought to uh, be working with our community colleges too on the workforce development. I mean, Berkshire Health Systems out here in the Berkshires could hire 200 people today. General Dynamics could hire 100 new engineers today. Uh, hospitality, it runs the full gamut. Uh, Unistress uh, up in Pittsfield, they do these precasts, but they did a lot with a big dig uh, years ago from the Berkshires. Um, I think there's opportunity, but we got to fill that pipeline of workforce training, retraining, redevelopment, things like that. Our community college, I think, are well suited for that. These are the kind of issues that I get very passionate about, and uh, we'd love to work with you on those as well. When it comes to transit, um, I think that boilerplate regional transit authorities have to be allowed a little bit more creativity based on what we need. The Berkshires are different than Boston. Uh, we read and, and understand a lot more about the MBTA, which has been a real disaster. Multiple governors, Republicans and Democratic governors. How are we going to fix that and try to recognize the overall statewide transportation needs when we have a dysfunctional capital city without a good public transit system? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's 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 killing our state. We we cannot yeah. continue with a with a transportation system the way it is. You know, I think it is the product of uh, years, decades of underinvestment and mismanagement. So we've got to act now. I'm glad the legislature has the oversight hearing on. The feds are obviously looking into this and, and on it. But you know, I will tell you, if 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 elected, what I want to do, we have got to uh, we've got to hire more people. They've got to be trained and they need to be held accountable. Um, we've lost a lot there in terms of just workforce development and training. And I think you see a lot of, you know, it seems like every other day or every other week, there's an incident, right? A, a derailing, a, you know, some, some breakdown or God, two weeks ago was the orange line on fire, right? It's crazy. So we've got to really invest in workforce. We've got to invest in the infrastructure there. And I am mindful that Folks in Western Mass and Central Mass are not benefiting from the T, right? I mean, they are in some sense because Boston yeah. is such an economic hub and driver for the state. But you know, it, we've got to. It's it's just uh, it's just outrageous what has been allowed to continue. And I am anxious to get in and get after that. And also, I think we need to recognize that you know we we need to make the investments in throughout the Commonwealth. And that's why I'm such a big supporter of of the transit 
projects that are on in Berkshire County. Um, and you mentioned regional transit authorities. It's absolutely the case that those need to be robust. I mean, it's very different. Back, you know, I spent a lot of time in the opioid crisis and a lot of um, attention to sort of, you know, where people could go for treatment. And, you know, the reality is whether you're talking about getting to a doctor's appointment, getting to, to a treatment center, getting to school, getting to a job, you know, the, the, the commute is, looks very different um, in Northern Berkshire County and Southern Berkshire County than it, than it does in Suffolk County, right? And so we need to invest in the transit that's gonna work for, for, the, for all the regions, including Berkshire County. I, I want to get into the opioid thing in a minute because you've been such a champion nationwide on that, and I really I tip my hat and applaud you for all of your efforts. Um, but on the uh, on the transit, we've all gone through COVID. You're you're running you're you're on a big department in the state that you know we dealt with COVID. We work remotely. I'm a big proponent of live here, work there. I think this remote work is real. I think making key investments in uh, broadband, high-speed broadband, uninterrupted cellular service, which I know you were when you were in the Berkshires a couple of weeks ago, you probably had a few drop calls because we don't have good service. But the fact is people are here, they're working remotely. Are there any opportunities to have that live here, work here, work there mentality with a quality transit system across the Commonwealth? There has to be. I mean, isn't that, isn't that what we need to build? I mean, we mm. needed to build that before um, and we certainly need to build that now. And, you know, I think the possibilities that that we've seen through COVID, it, it is true. Everything you say, Smitty, people have really changed so much about their way of life, their understanding mm. of, of where you can go to work and physically show up. And, you know, I, um, I love Western Massachusetts. I started my campaign for AG years ago in Western Massachusetts. I love Berkshire County. There's so much to commend it. There's so much happening out uh, in Berkshire County. But, you know, it, if you don't have the kind of broadband um, and, and access that way, and if you don't have the transit, you know, it's it's not going to work. So I, I think we, you know, it, I don't understand for the life of me why we don't have um, a train. Uh, that runs across our state yet already built and functioning trains going north to south as well um you know it's but okay so let's go build it um, yeah let's go build it it's it's you know it's it's daunting but there's no it's imperative it's imperative and you know um i'm i know it's going to take some willpower um and we're all going to have to get into the to to you know, really, really, really um, make people understand how important this is in terms of the investments. But, you know, we can we can get there. And you think about the planning that people used to do, you know, in other times, they would think about, they would do things that, you know, we're going to benefit their grandkids, right? I mean, they used to do that routinely. Yeah. We've lost that approach to so much, I think, as a general yeah. matter. It's a very, very good point. I, I keep saying that um, I want more politicians who are more interested in the next generation than the next election. The next yeah. election is critically important. I don't get, I'm not trying to dismiss that, but that vision of the next generation is critically important. Things are gonna happen long after you and I are out of office. Um, I think it's really important to start laying that groundwork today. My father always told me that, you know, in politics running for public office is all about timing. Uh, your timing is perfect to run for governor, but you're, gi you're giving up a very secure seat and a very good job that you've done for, for the last several years as attorney general. Um, what's been probably the highlight of your tenure as attorney general? 
You know, I think for me, it was building out and supporting the team. The men and women in that office are phenomenal, you know, and um, when I'm out and about, it's, it's really gratifying to me to hear from somebody, hey, I called your office and they helped me get relief for my student loan. You know, they helped me deal with that car dealership that was giving me the runaround. They helped me make sure that my health insurer was actually paying, you know, and these are the that's that's what um, I've really appreciated in that office. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to lead an office. It's about 500 people. Um, the budget's about $60 million a year, uh, thanks to the legislature, by the way. Um, but the ROI on that has been pretty excellent. We estimate that over the last seven years, we've either brought back or saved the state and residents upwards of $7 billion, really. Oh. And, you know, that comes, that comes to the work of the team and, and um, I'm, I'm grateful to them. I've also, it's also given me a real insight that I think is important and unique as you look at the people running for governor. I'm the only one that has led a, uh, a state agency um, who has frankly uh, led a, a, a company organization agency of of my of its size, right? Um, no one else has managed a budget like that. No one else has managed employees like that. I think one of the things I'm most proud of is our pursuit of the Sacklers and Purdue. You know, the opioid crisis touched every every region of our state, devastated so many families, continues to. And I made a decision early on. I think a few months into to my start as attorney general, that we were going to sue the Sacklers, that we were going to sue the individual family members and hold them accountable. And it took a lot of work. Um, and I'm really proud of, of my team for the work they did to expose the, the truth and to get that out there. Purdue's out of business. Sacklers are out of business. Um, I think we brought back going after the opioid manufacturers and distributors half a billion dollars to the state all of which is going to go to prevention, recovery, treatment, harm reduction, uh, thanks to the legislature, you know, setting up a, a, a fund, a trust fund that that money is going to go into. But I think that's probably what I'm most proud of because they tried to they tried to shut us down, just like when I went after Exxon Mobil, you know, and and they paid all these fancy lobbyists and lawyers. They sued me in three courts to try to shut us down. They had op-ed pages on the, the the Wall Street Journal taken out. To, to denigrate me, you know, it's like at the end of the day, you know, we stood, we stood in, we hung in and we, and we did that. We did that, you know, for the families just devastated, as I say, by, by the opiate crisis. And um, that's something that I feel really privileged to be, to have been in a position to do as, as attorney general. I, I, and you've been fantastic on that. And I, I remember a text message exchange you and I had a few years ago. You've always been accessible on this issue. And although we still have work to do on smash the stigma, I still think that's there. It's real. But uh, when more and more people are impacted by it, unfortunately, um, that stigma barrier comes down a little bit. And I think we need to do more of that. And the one thing that we need is obviously more treatment. But we need to also recognize we probably need more adolescent beds. Um, I think we need to, we can't put teenagers uh, addicted to some opioids in, say, the McGee unit in Pittsfield with the 65-year-old uh, alcoholic. I think we have to have some separation and some boundary lines there for the greater good. So I look forward to working on those things as well. I want to, one last question before we get to the lightning round um, is, um, 
you've been, you've run one of the largest agencies in Massachusetts. You're the top cop. You're the boss. Now you're running for governor, which is the boss of the Commonwealth, but you have to deal with the legislature too, you know? So there's that checks and balances where, you know, in your current job, the buck stops with you. With the legislature, as you've, we've just experienced with our own marathon session with vetoes and overrides and whatnot, um, you've built good rapport with colleagues in the legislature, both House and the Senate. But is, is that going to be a different, is that going to be an adjustment for you to go from the buck stops here to, I got to work with some other folks? Well, it's certainly a difference. Um, and I'm proud of the fact that I've had good relationships. We've been able to collaborate and work well together on a number of fronts. Um, and, and I understand that that's a different kind of relationship um, going forward, should I be elected? And I hope I am. I hope I do have the opportunity to, to work with you. And I think, you know, big picture, what I'm going to bring is um, an openness, open lines of communication, um, collaboration. And, you know, we're all in this business because we're trying to serve people. We're trying to work to make life better for people across our regions, across the state, right, for all of our constituents. And so, you know, like, I guess, like any point guard, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to kind of bring the spirit of teamwork to this. And, you know, let's 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 get it done. Let's get it done with the urgency. You know that you talk about that the times demand. Um, it's also the case, I'm sure, that you know there will be times um, where you can imagine you may be on different sides of an issue, right? Um, I've had to, we've we've had we've had those conversations over different things. Not you and I, but just in yep. general, right? Um, not everybody's going to be on the same page all the time, and. And that's okay too, right? Um, but if if you're entering with goodwill, if you're entering in good faith, that your job is to serve people, your constituents, um, in your district, and in, in, in you know, in in, in across the state um, as governor, then then I think we'll be in good shape. I really do. Even though you know, as we've talked about, the challenges are challenges are real, and in some ways they're daunting. But I prefer Smitty, as I know you do, to look at those as opportunities. And I think with COVID having been here and really disrupted the way we do things, dismantled the way we do things, it gives us a chance to build forward in new and innovative ways. So let's do it. For, for folks who are listening, uh, um, they wanna get learn more about your campaign or get involved with your campaign, where, where's the best place to go? Well, of course, I go to my website, morahealy.com. Um, there's a lot of information there about how to volunteer, how to get involved. Also, all my policies are, are online. I've got, I've said I want to be the most aggressive governor in the country when it comes to addressing climate, which I think is a huge opportunity also for job creation. Um, but it's all there. So that's, that's where I'd start. Um, I've got uh, young man Lucas in Pittsfield, who's helping run my field for for Berkshire County. He'd he'd, he'd love to meet any of you out there who, who <laughs> want to come on board and and support this effort. All right, you ready for the lightning round? I don't know, but we'll go. <laughs> well, there's no right or wrong answer, but no, maybe there's a few. But um, east, west, or west east? West east. And, <laughs> favorite athlete, and you can't say Bob Cousy. Oh, I can't. Uh, no, we know we know that's your favorite, but who's your second favorite? Uh, you know, uh, Billie Jean King. Okay. I should say I should say, I should say Big Poppy. I guess this week now that he got in the Hall of Fame because he was pretty clutch. Yeah. Um, best restaurant stop on the campaign trail doesn't have to be in the Berkshires, but best stop you've made to eat on the campaign trail. Oh my God! Probably. Uh, Probably, God, I, there's so many, there's so many places, um, but I, I do, um, <laughs> Santarpia's. 
Okay. And talk to us in East Boston because I, I love my pizza. Who was who your role model? My mom. Okay, great. Favorite state rep? Smitty Pignatelli. <laughs> there was a right answer. Yeah. <laughs> if you could visit anywhere in the world, where would it be? Probably that I haven't been to before. Yep. Yeah. Probably, uh, probably Nepal. Okay. And the hardest question, I asked every one of my guests the same question. Um, it's the only one we ask the same of is, um, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Excellent. Mm. Well, Attorney General Maura Healy, candidate for governor. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us. That's wonderful to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Now we look forward to working with you and uh, we'll be back next week with another great show. Until then, be well, be safe, have fun, be happy. Let's all take care of one another. Let's all be Berkshire. Okay,